That makes you want to dance, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, if it didn't, maybe you should check the pulse of the person that... Uh, uh, because I'm happy. Clap along. Yeah. I mean, if you feel like happiness is the truth, if you f- know what happiness is to you, be happy. You know, some think uh, happiness is... Uh, kind of depends on what's happening in your life. And uh, that, that root word for happiness comes from the word happenstance. You know, happiness is something that happens to you, according to the world. And friends, if you think that, you're going to spend a lot of time unhappy. You know, as you move through life, you know, you can kind of tell people's body language because they're like, happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, yeah. uh, not so happy, you know. Happy, 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 I'm really happy. Not happy, not happy, not happy, not happy. Happy, 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 happy. And up and down and up and down we go. You know, the writer of Ecclesiastes uh, says this, when times are good, be what? Happy. But when times are bad, consider this, God has made the one as well as the other. What's it mean to be happy? Can we be happier in our lives? Does God want us to be happy? And then think about this, what is happiness? Happiness has been kind of the focus of a lot of research probably in the last, I don't know, 25, 30 years. And it kind of falls into that positive psychology and it's expanded, especially in the, in the past decade. And uh, the late Dr. Ed Diener, he is known as Dr. Happiness. And his 35 years of research on the topic of happiness and kind of well-being is considered some of the best out there. You know, he is widely, uh, just with other experts, he's considered the leading expert on, on the topic. And during his life, and get this, he wrote over 340 books and articles He established a degree program on happiness at the University of Illinois. And his research, I mean, it might surprise you, but just reading kind of over some of it, you would think that happiness would be tied into like money, uh, power, maybe IQ or or age or, or climate, that that would kind of enhance happiness. But in all his research, he says there's no link between those things and being happy, which is something to think about. However, he said there were two great influences to happiness, religious faith and a strong social connection with friends and family. And so I'm gonna ask you a couple questions, get get you thinking a little bit. Who is the most happy person you know? Now, I'm not talking about 
that syrupy person, the high energy, hey, oh, it's a great day, isn't it? It's really good, really good, really good, you know. You know what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about the person that truly has joy. They're grateful. You know, that uh, they, ha- they have a sense of peace. They, they trust God. They're-, they're optimistic about the future, no matter what's going on. And basically, you find yourself wanting to spend time around them because they breathe life into you. They energize you. You feel better when you, when you walk away, you know. And the fact is, they just change you. Now I want you to think about the most unhappy person you know, joy-challenged, in other words. You know, somebody that's negative and, and bitter and they're, they're just a complainer. And, and when you think about them, do, do not elbow them, okay? <laughs> Don't look at them. Just think about them. Now I want you to think about the happiest place on earth. Do you know where that is? I heard, I heard a couple, Disneyland, Disneyland. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. The idea of going to Disney is much better than actually going. <laughs> I, uh, I remember uh, our girls were, were young at the time, like second, fifth grade, and we went to Disney World, and we were thinking, happy, 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 happy. We got to, actually it was Disneyland, and uh, it was 100 degrees, not happy, extremely long lines, really not happy, and our girls, they complained and whined. They were not happy, and then Grumpy showed up. Not the cartoon character, (laughs) the dad kind. Do you know how much this trip is costing us? So we're going to stand in these long, long lines, and we're going to sweat, and we're going to be happy. (laughs) Happy, 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 happy. (laughs) Or I'll give you something to be unhappy about. Yeah, I'm old school. (laughs) Some things don't go the way you plan, right? Some things are better than you expect. Life is a series of happy, not happy. Happy, not happy. And here's a thought, because I've always wanted... Faith fellowship to be the happiest place on earth. I mean, what if, I mean, what if we became known for our joy, our love, our grace? What what if when people show up, whether they're a stranger, maybe they don't know anything about God, maybe they don't know anything about the Bible, I mean, they might be messed up, but what if they felt loved, cared for, and happy when they leave here? I mean, what if if Christians 
when people hear that word, and instead of thinking judgmental, arrogant, they thought joyful, encouraging, happy. See, I believe, especially today, people long to be happy. But happiness is elusive, isn't it? You know, and I, I was thinking about the uh, elusiveness of, of happiness, and uh, I remember when I heard on the news about Robin Williams dying. Yeah, I mean, one of, one of the funniest comedians. I mean, he made us, made us laugh. Anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, what a gift. What a gift. And just a simple scene of him in, in one of his movies... I find myself laughing, and there's a happiness that kind of bubbles up, you know, whether it's Miss Doubtfire, Patch Adams, or Good Morning Vietnam, you know, tremendous movies, just, just, that's a few of them, you know. But here's a guy, I mean, he got paid big, big dollars to make people laugh, make people happy. And I think that's why when he committed suicide, it was so poignant. I mean, he made millions with laughter. Brought so much joy. And it still bothers me when I think about it because inside he was struggling. You know, illness, depression, sadness. It's heartbreaking But it's not just him, is it? I mean, depression today is 10 times more common than it was in the 1960s. According to mental health experts, even though as a society we're we're wealthier today, better educated, have more opportunities than we've ever had, people are sadder. You know, the average age of onset of, of depression and sadness, again, go back to 1960, it was 29 years old was the average. Today, 14. Think about that. I mean, a 14-year-old should not carry that kind of burden. And I want to suggest something's wrong, terribly wrong. Today, what I want to do is look at New Testament book of Philippians, and you might remember we did a happy series a long time ago, and this is kind of the best parts of it. But the, the book of Philippians, I mean, this is Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. Paul, Paul wrote this while he was in prison in Rome, and he's facing trial, possible execution, yet... Paul can't stop talking about joy and happiness. Imagine that. Paul writes, he says, from Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the people who belong to Christ Jesus at Philippi, and to all you bishops and deacons, I pray that God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ will be kind to you, and will bless you with peace. Every time I think of you, I thank my God, and whenever I mention you in my prayers, it makes me, what? Happy. Happy. 
I mean, why, why is Paul happy? Well, he's going to tell us the next verse. He says, this is because you've taken part with me in spreading the good news from this first day you heard about it. God is the one who began this good work in you, and I'm certain that he won't stop before it is completed on the day that Christ Jesus returns. You, you see these words throughout the book, happy, joyful, rejoicing. You see them over and over and over again. And then you see a, a phrase, I am certain, I am confident. You know, Paul faced life as, as well as death with a lot of confidence, a lot of certainty. And I want to suggest that is key to finding happiness in life. You know, he writes this in Philippians. He says, you have a special place in my heart, so it is only natural for me to feel the way I do, to feel happy, to sense joy because of that. And it's interesting, he starts the letter, says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ. You know, he doesn't say apostle. He says servants. And he's making a point. You know, Philippi was an elite community, colony of the Roman Empire. And the fact is that in Philippi, the way to be happy, according to the culture of that day, climb the ladder. Money, position, power, that's the stuff that'll make you happy. And Paul starts out by using a word that no Roman person would ever use to describe themselves. And he says, I am a servant. He goes as far down the ladder as you can go. He goes, I'm not the master of a successful life. I am a servant of a great cause. And we've talked about the uh, kind of the paradox of happiness. You, you will never be happy if your goal in life is to be happy. Something to think about. You know, what? You will never be happy if your goal is, I'm going to be happy. You know, happy is a byproduct of pursuing something that is bigger, that is better than personal happiness. That's why so many people are unhappy. Happiness happens when you find meaning in your life. And there's a big difference between pursuing meaning and pursuing happiness. They get you to radically different places. There's a Stanford study that, that revealed that happiness without meaning, oh, it, it happens for a moment but it's shallow and very, very, very self-centered. You know how this goes, right? I'll be happy if I get what I want, right? I'll, I'll be happy if my needs and desires are all met. You know, I'll be happy if I could just avoid pain. I'll be happy if everybody just like me. Oh, please, 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 please. All those things focus on your circumstance. 
and I hear it all the time. I'll be happy when I get that job. And here's the strange thing. They get the job, and then they realize there's pressure, stress, challenges. Guess what? Not happy. If, if I just had more money, I'd be happier. And then they get more money. They spend it all on themselves. More stuff, bigger house, newer car, you know, nicer trip. And happy goes up for a moment, okay? I get it. And then, guess what? Not happy. People that don't have kids, they'll go, you know, our lives would just be really happy. It'd be much better if we had kids. And then they have kids. (laughs) (laughs) Then you have the kids. Changes. I'll be really happy if and when my kids move out. (laughs) Parenting is challenging. It's a wonderful gift. But here's the deal. If you're not happy with the kids in the house, you're not going to be happy when the kids leave the house. And that applies to every single area of life. The fact is, the external does not provide happiness. Never has, never will. And at the end of life, meaning is what really matters. Pursuing a meaningful life leads to happiness. And I want you to understand, this is God's design. This is how he created us. And so back to Paul's letter, he's addressing the Philippians, this ladder-climbing society, a lot like our society. And Paul takes everything and he just flips it upside down. He says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. I want you to think about that. Made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a what? Servant, here we go again. Jesus showed us the path to happiness. You know, it's being other-centered in life. You know, doing for the least of these, acts of servanthood. And Jesus, when you read through Scripture, you find him over and over. He's serving sinners and strangers and he's giving of himself freely because that's what he was designed for. And here's a little happy challenge for you. This week, do an act of kindness for someone. It does not have to to be something dramatic and big or costly. It could just be something small. You know, run an errand for someone that's older that can't. Maybe they're down right now. You know, volunteer to help somebody with, with a project, you know. 
And some of you, uh, maybe you work with someone. Anybody work with a cranky, challenging coworker? Yeah. <laughs> Don't point at him, please. <laughs> maybe you don't get along with them. I get it. How about you do them a favor? For no reason at all. No expectations. Don't expect anything back. Just do it. You know, take food to a neighbor. Visit someone in the nursing home. You know, make their day. Friends, when you serve others, it changes things in you. And in fact, anytime I talk to people that, that just make it a practice of serving other people, I'll go, why do you do it? And I usually hear the same thing over and over and over and over. I get more out of it than I give. Why would that be? Because it's how God wired you. It's how he created you to live. In other words, you got to get out there. You want happy? Get out there. Walk across the street. Do something for someone. It's in your neighborhood. It's at work, opportunities to be happy in your school. You know, a lonely neighbor. You just change things. You want happy? That's what you do. You get out there. Find meaning with your life and what you do, and you'll find happy along the way. And I know, you know, suffering, suffering can disturb a happy life, right? We've all been there. Some of you might be there today. But I will tell you that suffering is powerless to stop a meaningful life. Problems happen. You figured that one out? We live in a very unsettling time. A lot of negative news. Would you agree? Disasters, economic challenges, political turmoil. There's a little bit of that. Health concerns, racial tensions, corruption, terrorism, war. Should I keep going? I mean, I could go on and on and on. And I know as you look at the world, if you have your eyes open, you know, you kind of go, man, there's a lot of suffering, a lot of pain. You know, with all, all this evil stuff happening, you kind of go, is it even right to be happy? Is it okay for me to be happy? Yes. You know, you look, look at people in the Bible, uh, especially uh, New Testament, and, and you find this oddity in the Bible. You've got great joy in the midst of great suffering. You've got happiness in the midst of the struggle. Authentic happiness, friends, will survive any and all circumstances. You know Why? because it's not based on the circumstances. It's deeply rooted inside you. The fact is, it's so deeply rooted, you can't keep it down. 
You know, you read the, the book of Acts. This is another occasion when Paul, Paul spent a lot of time in prison, by the way. But he's in prison. This time, he's in prison in Philippi. And Paul has been falsely accused. He was arrested. He's stripped naked. He's beaten. He's thrown into jail. He's placed in stocks. This is not a happy situation. And what, what's he do? Well, the typical Paul says at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Do you get the picture here? Paul's in jail. What do you do? And what do the prisoners do? He's singing. He's worshiping. And I'm thinking the prisoners are stuck. I mean, <laughs> they, they got to listen to him. But Paul and Silas are praising God in this elite Philippi city, middle of wealth and status. Two prisoners, two prisoners. They make that prison the happiest place on the planet that night. When you're hurting, facing problems, some of you are today, let me tell you, one of the most important things you can do is worship. It's what we did this morning, what we're doing, praying, singing, connecting with God, connecting with each other. Let me encourage, never unplug when you're going through something. Worship is the way through. It's where you find encouragement, hope, ultimately healing. And also when when you're hurting, I mean, there's some other things that we should do in the midst of that suffering and pain that we're going through. And you don't close yourself off to joy. And I, I know it seems like you go, yeah, but I'm really sad. I, I get that, and it's painful. But it's unproductive. I mean, the best response we can have when, when we're suffering, it's not hopelessness, but it's you begin to look around you and go, useful, I want to be useful. It's not despair about what's going on, but it's a determination to make a difference in someone else's life. In fact, the best prayer you can have when you're, when you're suffering and hurting is not, God, make me happy. It's, God, make me useful somehow. Do something for someone else. You know, reach out, visit someone. You know, send a word of encouragement, help someone. Get, get other-oriented, serve others. You go, yeah, but I don't have, but that's where you're going to find happy. It's where happy exists. 
And I know some of you are hurting, and I know some of you are suffering, and you're frustrated, and you're going through some stuff, maybe relationally or vocationally or financially or physically, emotionally. It doesn't really matter. Whatever it is, you've got to get others-oriented in your life and begin to say, how can I make a difference so that you can absorb happy again? I mean, look around you. We need each other. We need to care for each other as a community, family. You know, this isn't a place you come and worship and you go, well, I've got everything under control. I'm, I'm okay, you know. I don't need anyone. I'm healthy. I'm normal and, and all that. I've met some of you. You are not normal. <laughs> Never have been. We're all messed up, all of us. And we need each other. So you got to take a risk in your life. And you got to drop this happy mask that we wear. How's everything going? Oh, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. When everything's falling apart, it's superficial. It's destructive, this thing. You want to find joy again. You want to experience real happiness. Mask got to come off. The psalmist says, weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. In the morning. Say, I don't know when morning is. I mean, maybe it's tomorrow, maybe it's next week, maybe it's next year, maybe it's at the resurrection, but friends, it's coming and you hold on and have hope. Meaning comes when you invest your life in what matters, and what matters is a relationship with God and a relationship with other people. I was reading the, the Journal of Social Economics, uh, and they had a study in there that said that when your salary increases, it brings very little sustainable happiness. And the next article to it was another study, but it was a secular study, and it found out that really happiness increases when you get involved relationally with other people. In fact, to the degree that they felt that connections with other people was worth a $100,000 raise. That's pretty significant. And what I've figured out over time is study after study after study after study says relationships are what matters. Our relationships with God and with each other, and the people around us. And so here, here's the tough question for the morning. Are you spending as much time building relationships as you are spending time trying to be successful and make money? Hmm. You know, Paul, Paul was financially poor but he was relationally rich. And that led Paul 
to saying just these weird things in the midst of struggle. He says, every time I think of you, it makes me happy, brings me joy. I'm, I'm thankful. I'm full of gratitude. We are surrounded by people that God created and God loves. All of us are. And how many of you, if you're honest, would have wrote something very different from what Paul wrote? I complain to God every time I think of you. Wow, some of you are a little slow there. In all my prayers, I ask God to change you. Please change them. Who are you grateful for? Tell them. Tell them. You know, this Philippian letter is full of gratitude, full of thanksgiving. The, the Philippians, they've been supporting Paul financially, supporting him with their, their finances and with their prayers and with their love. And Paul, Paul says, I'm thankful because we're partners in the gospel, which, by the way, is who we are as a church. You know, whether you're new to the church or you've been here all 19 years. You know, when I, when I think about faith fellowship, I'm thankful. It makes me happy because it's full of a lot of joy. It doesn't mean there wasn't pain and hurt and struggle, but there's joy. The happy life is not rooted in your circumstances. you got to get this. It's rooted where you are spiritually in your life. See, back, back to the first verse, you know, Paul very carefully crafted what he had to say. He always, he always does, by the way. He says, this letter's from Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ to God's people who belong to Christ Jesus at Philippi. He, Paul is writing to, to followers of Jesus Christ who geographically live in Philippi, but they weren't buying into the culture and the mindset that was there. Because they were in Jesus Christ, this is where they're residing spiritually. They reside in God's kingdom. That's why he's happy. He says that's the key to happiness in the midst of a crazy world. It's God's people, God's kingdom. You know, happiness is internal, friends. And Paul knew that. And they wanted us to get it. it what, what matters is your spiritual location. What matters is you're a follower of Jesus Christ, a servant serving all people, people God created, God loves, and God expects us to love and reach out to. You, you are temporarily residing in Philippi or the River Bend area. Don't buy into the mindset. Remember, you're a citizen of God's kingdom. See, it's not, it's not where you are. It's whose you are. And it's not about what you have. 
but it's about who has you. Christ followers. I mean, you may be in debt. You may be in turmoil. You may be in prison. You may be in the hospital. You may be in the midst of a struggle or a challenge or a problem. You may be, feel like you're drowning today. But if you're in Christ, you're okay. Joy and happiness are connected to your relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, it's not about being in a good mood. Oh, I'm happy, 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 happy. It's bigger than that. It's a state of being, being in Jesus Christ. Every moment of every day. That's why Paul, 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 he doesn't just say rejoice. No, Paul says rejoice in the Lord, what? And again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. See, you feel that? It's just bubbling over in him. I'm rejoicing, and people are going to know it, and I'm going to tell you again until you get it. you got to rejoice. you got to find joy. It's found in Jesus Christ. That's why I can rejoice always, because I'm in Jesus Christ. That's where you find happy, friends. You find joy in your relationship with Jesus Christ, period. Anybody want to be happy? Man, it just bubbles over. Again, I don't don't want anybody to misunderstand. I get there's pain in this life. There always will be. You'll never avoid pain or all pain. You can avoid some, but usually just create more pain by trying to avoid it. There will be problems. Some of you got problems. We all got problems. Some of you are being challenged. We always get challenged. The world's crazy. But it always has been crazy. You want joy? Get this right. Get this right. Build relationships with God with each other, with friends, neighbors, people around you. And that includes everybody, not just, oh, well, I'll just talk to Christians. No, everybody. You build relationships. And guess what will happen? You'll find joy. You'll find happiness. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, Lord, forgive us. Sometimes we, um, we get caught up in the superficial. We buy into the lie. If I just had this, I'd be, I'd be happy. Lord, forgive us that. God, I pray your Holy Spirit would just whisper and um, point us in the direction of meaningful. God, help us to be servants, to serve others, reach out to others, make relationships the priority. God, I thank you 
that meaning can't ever be taken from us. And God, I thank you that you sent your son to die on the cross for us. Made it possible for us to have a relationship with you. God, I pray that we would live each moment of each day, that uh, this week, that we'd just reach out to those around us, that we'd be servants. Lord, it'd bring a smile to your face and make you happy. God, help us to be the people you created us to be, called us to be. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things. And God's people said, amen. Let's stand. Uh, there'll be prayer teams down front if you need prayer this morning. Uh, and I say this each week, but I always know we have new people. You can come down. You don't have to even tell them. Just say, hey, I need prayer. You, you don't have to tell them anything. Uh, it's, scripture says two or more gathered. God's in the midst of that. And so I uh, encourage you to just um, get some stuff going on. Allow, allow God to uh, work and uh, allow the team to pray with you. So let's worship. <laughs>